Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Creative Contact with yours truly, Kia Orion, the man who is obsessed with finding a new tagline, still hasn't done it, but who has been sleep deprived, living without electricity in a shower for a week straight, has a beard overgrown, and is excited to talk to you about Vision Quest 2023. This pod is going to be a little long and a little rambly and a little crazy because I feel like I am a little out of it, but I wanted to come talk to you guys about this before I even shaved. So that's how you know it's real. Before I really shaved after my Vision Quest experience, we're going to talk about what the Vision Quest is, how it went, why do it, and what are some of my biggest gems and takeaways from it. The reason that I... So let's so let's start... Let's take it from the top, y'all. Because we got some time. I'm currently in uh, Rio Negro, which is a little bit outside of Medellin. I'm waiting for my flight, which is early in the morning. And I'm at this little hotel. I'm posted up. It's a nice day. It's a beautiful day. I have a, you can't see, but I have a towel hung right here so that uh, the sun isn't directly on my face to diffuse the light a little bit. You know, I'm on my cameraman shit. I, if I look sleep deprived, it's because I absolutely am. If I sound sleep deprived, it's because I am. But I think that might make for a little bit more of a fun episode. I think this might make things a little loosey-goosey. And I wrote down a couple different big takeaways, but I also just want to talk to you all about some stories from this thing because what a week. What a crazy week. If you don't know what Division Quest is, I didn't either. I might even botch this. It's just how I know it or what it is. Is It was like a Native American tradition, a Mexican tradition, South American tradition of, I guess you could ballpark and say the Americas. I think that's what that's normally called. But for men, for boys to become men, boys to men, baby. And it was often a tradition where there was like fasting involved, uh, element of nature, sometimes other crazy things of suffering. But I've been really working on my ideas around masculinity lately. I've been working on a lot of pieces around King Warrior, Magician, Lover, I've just been, I've been really thinking about it. I think after I turned 30 and now being a man, trying to figure out who is the man that I want to be? What does that man look like? Not in terms of like physical appearance, but what does he look like in terms of what are his abilities? What does he do? And the balance between, I think for myself, self-acceptance around who I am versus the man that I want to be and, and kind of the, the fissure between those two guys. And so I've been really trying to push myself and, and, and dig deep into what is masculinity for me. What is manhood for me? And I think that's where some things like the boxing come in and the poetry and the cooking and the, you know, other, other pieces of this that, that, that make this, this, this thing complicated. And it's not traditionally masculine or feminine. I'm not saying that, but I want to be able to walk these different paths and be uh, a more whole man who's not just chopping wood and who's not, you know, a soy boy at the same time, because I know that that's not uh, cool. At least not for me. You know, I think I think there are pieces of this where I like the idea of being soft and sensitive. I also think there's something important about pushing yourself and challenging yourself and seeing what your limits are and doing things that are difficult. And this was definitely one of those things. So let's take it from the top. That's what a vision quest is. That's kind of why I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it in here in Colombia and particularly close to Medellin. I'm going to change the camera a little bit so it's not quite so bright. I wanted to do it here in Medellin because I had two buddies that I wanted to do it with in particular, Scotty and my buddy Vlad. 
Vlad dropped out, unfortunately, because he had something come up. So I arrived in Medellin and had about a day to prepare before jumping in this thing with my buddy Scotty. Scotty, shout out Scotty, he's the man. And he had a bunch of stuff already prepped for me. You had to like put together these like little prayer things. That's pretty much tobacco wrapped in these different color cloths that you had to tie off. I'm terrible with anything that's like hand arts and crafts related, even though this isn't arts and crafts, but you have to like tie little tobacco bags. I mine was terrible. Turned out terrible even at the end, but uh, it was a cool kind of way to prepare with Scotty. So we had one night, I arrived in Medellin, I shot my last podcast and stuff, went out, kind of got a couple things I needed for this, because you're out in the woods. I travel around in hot places, so I didn't have a lot of that sort of thing, you know, sort of stuff that I need for that. And then met up with Scotty, we had one night at his place, and we ate some steaks, and talked about you know, preparing for this vision quest, just chopped it up on life stuff, because we hadn't seen each other for a while, and then headed out early in the morning with his buddy Jared and his buddy Jared I hadn't met before he's a cool Australian dude he's right now kicking it with Scotty they're building a business together which is pretty cool and because Scotty is close with the lady running this her name's Abuela Gloria I did her Temescal experience about six months ago when I first learned about this I did a whole thing on Temescal that thing with her back then too but He's really close with Abuela Gloria. So he, we actually went out a day early before everybody else to help set up. There are a couple people that we met out there to also help set up. And so we get out there, and it's like maybe an hour and a half, two hours away from Medellin. It's out there. Like, when people are like, oh, we out here. Like, bro, like, we were really out here. It was way out in the mountains. It was so far out in the mountains that only to get out there, you either had to have, like, some crazy off-road vehicle which Scotty did. He had a Suzuki Jimny or like a pickup. Like there's, it was to call it a road that we took out to get there would be like very generous, like Salvation Army, like ringing bells outside of your mall. Generous, like cute little girls selling thin mints. Generous. And me maybe giving a couple bucks. It was, it was brutal like getting out there was not it was just like these rocky roads with logs we had to so just to get out there but there's like a point where we had we had breakfast together with a blade of glory kind of little crew and then because only there are only two vehicles that could actually like really get out there scotty and doing a couple trips he'd, he'd like take people there and back and it just like it was so i'm gonna stop trying to describe it i'll just post some some videos up here so or like link up some videos so you can see what i mean but like it's a mix between like jungle and mountains, but it was not what I expected weather-wise. I knew it was going to be cold and wet and rainy. I expected it to be this cold and wet and rainy. Right away, I was like, "Oh, like it's gonna. This is gonna be a doozy." And so we all kind of link up at this meeting point. We head out there with Scotty, and then the the way that it's actually set up is like the the place that the Buena Gloria has for this is like off of the main the main road as it were this like crazy mountain trail and then it's maybe like a 10 minute walk down through like this marsh into what used to be like uh like a sta- I feel like a stable just for animals that they've kind of morphed into like a kitchen and like some stashing spot and like a bedroom I'll also post up some photos and stuff here some videos so you can kind of see what I'm talking about if you're just listening to the pod, sorry, I'll tune in on the tube, bro, or on Facebook, whatever. Get your uh, get your video game right. But it was, it's barren. There's no electricity out there, really. It's um, it's pretty rough. 
there's no you know f no flushing toilets any of that it's just like latrines there's like a campground area there's like this little kind of kitchen place and the mountains and so we set up camp we set up shop had a nice dinner uh they have a, like a chef lady that they bring out to cook for the camp and just got prepared for the next day when everybody was going to arrive and so that's what we did the next day not a whole one funny story in here was they had a horse to help bring down all the crazy there's like a lot of stuff we had to bring down into the camp and the horse um ended up biting me on the ass because we were like i was helping the guy like adjust it and put stuff up uh, on there and we were like like tying it too tight or something and just like reached around and like oh it was like oh took a big chunk bite out of my ass cheek i was like damn and like it bruised me it was like i've it was a super sweet horse but it was the first time i've ever been bitten by a horse before not fun wouldn't say i'd recommend it uh as a pastime wouldn't say i'd want to do it again but a cool little uh thing to just kind of start the start the experience right you know it's like okay this is going to be uh this is going to be an adventure and we're just here for it um and so we set up that next day everybody starts arriving and it's interesting the demographic it very few foreigners I think, uh, I think we were some of the only ones. It was mostly Colombians, a mixture between men and women, and a lot of older folks. I, for some reason, I expected to be younger just because you're out in the nature. And yes, I just called it the nature. Give me a break. But you're out there, and it's hard. Like just sleeping on the ground for four days and four nights is hard. And like as you get older, you need like face creams and uh, you know, like breathing machines and vitamins. And I was like game like i was like i was one of the youngest people to try it and so i guess that maybe gives away um but we end up doing a temescal experience uh before we go out so everybody kind of arrives we have just a, an evening for people to arrive and then it's finally the day of and with the day of we have like the soup they serve you for breakfast you're always waking up at like 6 a.m and they do this this, this temescal experience temescal is a mexican sweat lodge easiest way to put it uh, you're in this blanket, everybody's surrounded, hot rocks in the middle, Abuela Gloria like says stuff, you're singing songs, and trying not to, to die in there. And there's normally, the way that Abuela Gloria does it, four doors. So it's kind of like these four sessions, four rounds, if you will, each one getting progressively hotter. But they only send you out after doing two doors. So we did two doors, we get, you aren't, and after you do the two doors, you weren't allowed to eat anything or drink anything, take a shower, nothing. We go back to our little camping area, get our stuff and head out and the way that they they set it up here at least out here was they had like the main area like the little kitchen area just kind of like the base camp and then they would go up into the mountains for like the people it's a four-year commitment so a lot of people you have to do this for four years before you like graduate in a way remind me kind of like a summer camp but you'd like they like the more like upperclassmen people they put way up in the mountains and then like the first years they would put down like underneath where it was like a little bit more marshy and so we go down there with my buddy Scotty. He's right in front of me. He gets a cool spot, and then I'm the next spot. Sorry, I'm near the airport. So, planes. Um, and as soon as I get to my spot, I start calculating. I'm like, okay, so here's what we're going to do. Like I said, you get clothes on your back, sleeping bag, piece of plastic. I had two trees in this little area. And you're not allowed to leave the area. It's maybe like a six by six foot spot. And they that that's supposed to be like your spot. And like they've blessed it with prayers and stuff. And so that's where you stay for the four days. 
and I start looking around. I have two trees. So I'm like, okay, I'm maybe going to string up like my plastic between these two trees. But mind you, because we're out in this crazy, wet, mountainy jungle place, it's already raining. So like I'm already starting to get soaked. I'm already kind of freaking out a little bit. I'm like, damn, like that's not how I want to start this thing is like already wet. But I, I put up my, my plastic um, between these two trees. I hang it pretty low. And then I find like four sticks four kind of like solid sticks and 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 put them into the four corners and kind of pull it out so that it's taut and then i build these two i see i find a little spot where i'm like okay this is gonna be like my sleeping spot and i build buildings i'm giving myself too much credit i just like i like scrape like into the mud like two gutters almost like a triangle so that way it's like it started my head and then like go off to the side so that when the water would rush down hopefully it would not get me wet the plan was so that it would like go down these two little like gutters down the side of me like a v-shape first day was cool i mean the first day i set it up i i kind of chill out i put up like the little you have to bring the little prayer things that they have you make i like brought those and put those up and around my space and did some sitting did some sleeping did some standing looking at the mountain just being like okay we can do this like it was starting to get a little buggy because it was marshy, but nothing crazy or poisonous. So it was like a lot of mosquitoes and these these crazy dude. I've got so many bites. I tried. I tried to show you, but um, there are these little like gnat things out here in Colombia. I've never encountered anywhere else. You can't really see them. They're tiny, but they bite hard. I swear those things are just like pure mouth. It feels like a cartoon rendition of a piranha that you'd see, where it's just like it's all teeth because they're so tiny, but they bite you so hard you bleed, and then they itch like a bitch bars so first day goes good i have my whole thing set up i'm kind of excited for it to rain because i'm feeling good i'm almost feeling cocky and this is when my shit gets fucked up is when i start getting cocky because i was like oh i almost want it to rain like i got my gutters built i got this little plastic thing i have i built a little like kind of like door for it so that i could like take up like a flap off and put it back down so i had like a cool like easy access i was like building like tunnels out that set. dude i thought i had my shit figured out little did i know columbia was like oh you got to figure it out here hold my monsoon dusk falls and my shit gets fucked all the way up it's like crazy hard rain my gutters uh lasted for about three minutes and then i put my poncho on the ground i brought a poncho and i was like that will be like a little that'll be like kind of waterproofing between my sleeping bag and the ground and my shit got soaked so fast and mind you it's not like it's like this is like it was a nice sunny day when i'm recording it's like yeah columbia's nice so cold where i really messed up was footwear I, if I had, I had not planned on it being quite so cold. And so I knew I had mud boots, which my buddy Vlad had thankfully given me, but that was, it was like these mud boots that I plan to sleep in. Cause I was like, okay, those are waterproof boots. That's good. But as soon as like water gets in there and then your socks get wet and your feet get wet, the, the whole game out there is honestly just staying dry. If you can stay dry, you can win that game. I failed very miserably so it's the middle of the night it's the rainstorm i told myself i wasn't going to quit i've told you guys this before but i think a lot about this of like the best time to decide when you're going to quit is before you do anything and i was like i put it in my mind i'm like i'm not going to quit i'm going to stick it out there even when it gets tough 
and then quitting started to look really good. So I'm going to, we're going to do a little skipping around. So we're going to pause right here at the middle of the night and I'm fucking freezing. I'm in fetal position, mud boots on, sleeping on a sleeping. We'll just say suffering because there was no really sleeping going on. Suffering on a soaking sleeping bag. Questioning my life. Pause. Before, when we were at the camp, my buddy Scotty, I had said we'd come with his buddy, Jared, this Australian guy that I was getting to know because we'd ridden up together. He was a cool guy. I knew he was working as a support. He wasn't actually doing the vision quest. So he was going to be back at the camp throughout the week. And it was cool kind of hanging with him, hanging up there, like heading up there. And so I was like, okay. So Jared's already back at the camp. Maybe it could be cool to spend the week hanging with Jared and stuff around the camp. Another thing was there was a girl that had come in as a support the second day. Just kind of cute. She was giving me some eyes. Maybe you can't tell right now because I am sleep deprived and unshaven and things are very unfortunate on my face and on my body in general right now. But sometimes if I can turn a charm on, I can have some luck with the ladies. We'll put it like that. And so she was giving me some eyes. She was giving me some eyes. You know what I'm talking about. She was giving me the eyes. And I was like, maybe there's something there, like a little spark, you know, a little spark, and a little something. And so the night before we all headed out, I, you know, we're all around eating dinner and stuff. I chatted with her a little bit. She was cute and really cool. And I was feeling some vibes, feeling some eyes, feeling some vibes. And it would be like, okay, maybe I go back, hang with this cool dude that I was meeting named Jared and maybe see us up with Shorty. And, uh, maybe not suffer quite so hard through this experience. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized I could do this. I could, I could suffer through these four days because it wasn't going to kill me. And it was doable. Obviously people do this every year, but I started to question myself. Why, why did I want to do this in the first place? And you ask why enough and you get to some cool shit. And so I asked my, I just kept digging Kia, why? Okay. Because I wanted to really figure out what, you know, figure out more about my masculinity, what it means to be a man. Okay, cool. Valid. Why? Maybe because I don't feel man enough right now. Um, and I want to, I want to, I want to prove myself that, you know, that I can do this. Valid. Why? You get the point. I dug down deep enough and I want, I want to feel more like a man, not because of my dad. My dad is, he's a, he's an awesome dude and he doesn't, he's, he's very accepting of me. There are things that I think would be really cool if I could do like mechanical shit better and build stuff better that I think would be cool. But my pop's, I think really already respects me. And I think that's something that is, even though I'm not, not necessarily for like the building stuff, but like for like techie stuff, he's just, he's a really good dude. And I know a lot of guys spend a lot of their life chasing their validation from pops. I said, I don't want to be that guy. And I don't think I need to be. And that's a shout out to Padre. Um, Very lucky, very fortunate to have a man in my life, like my father, who, listen, we have our issues. Um, We got, you would be buttheads on stuff. But me needing to be more manly for him is not one of them. Wasn't for my brother. My brother knows what I am. 
he has his own perspective of me. There's no, there's no point in me trying to change people's perspective of me. Um, because that's an impossible task for me. I've got to figure out what's my perspective of me. And I realized going through the why exercise that I'm self-acceptance is part of this journey for me. Like I, I'm, I'm getting better about being cool with me. And I was like, yeah, like you, you're happy, man. Like you, I call myself, when I'm out there, I'll, my, I'll call myself in the third person just because it helps me almost like create that distance. I'll be like, yo, Kilo, like, dude, like you're happy. Like you're on this path right now. You're doing the right thing. You're a little confused because we're trying to sell this little business. We're about to move to India. Like we don't really know what the fuck is going on. But I was like, I'm really happy. Like I'm enjoying writing. I'm enjoying making this channel, building things out. Like why am I suffering so hard trying to prove this to myself? And I think I'm guilty, I think a lot of us are, that we're the hardest on ourselves. And sometimes on some Buddhist shit, like make ourselves, push ourselves or or, or unnecessarily tough on ourselves. Sometimes unnecessarily, just unnecessarily. And so I'm like, he, if I'm doing this for me, why not either try this next year more prepared, two, try this in a place where it's not so cold and wet, or three, try to get some of these gems another way. Maybe that's by studying with Buddhas in an ashram in India. Uh, some Buddhists, maybe it's doing some Hindu shit. Who knows? Maybe stuff I haven't even thought of yet. But I said, maybe it's not, maybe it's not this. And when I thought about it, the idea of like spending time back at the camp with this new buddy, Jared, spending time with this Colombian shorty that I just met that seemed really cool, helping out, seemed like a better use of my time than me just sitting there and like and trying to like tough this out. Because I was going to spend so much time just trying to tough it out that I think it, I was going to almost backfire. I wasn't going to have that time and space to just like think and expand my mind and find peace and find um gems that i was looking for because i'd be so focused on the physical misery so i was like okay i made it i'll make it through one night and i'll go back here's the deal i actually was going to go back in the middle of the night i was like low-key i'll just go back in the middle of the night i'll find my way back and hop into my tent and like come out in the morning like never happened i was like no key like be respectful stay another night like stay at least through the night go back in the morning and do it so i go back eat my humble pie pack up my shit in the morning Everybody's like, what happened? You know? And I was like, I just didn't you, to do to, to make it through this thing. You have why I had to be so fire. And that's what the abuela told me. She sat me down by the fire and we just chatted for a bit. She's like, yeah, she's like, you gotta, she's like, that's why you worked on the prayer. She's like, you gotta know your why for this. And I didn't, I was doing it because I wanted to do it with my buddies. I thought it'd be fun. Um, not fun, but I thought it would be a cool experience to have. I didn't know my why-ish, but it wasn't nearly as concrete as I had thought, I guess. And then it ended up being like the mental gymnastics of trying to work through myself, for myself, of like quitting after I told myself I wasn't going to, maybe not being as tough as I thought I was, accepting these pieces of myself that that are hard to... Um, worked through because I was the first one to quit, you know, and 
one of the only actually by the end of the, I was one of the very few people to quit only a few people and so nobody wants to be like the weakling in the group right so it was like these kind of narratives that I was just like well how can I work through this stuff I was like I'm just going to throw myself into what it's like being a support here so the mountain kind of chewed me up spit me out after that first night and then I just I just worked my way into the camp as a support person there were maybe 10 to 15 of us including shorty including my buddy Jared and it was fascinating. It was such an interesting experience. So this is what most of this podcast is going to be about is what it was actually like being there. It almost part of like a little village where it felt very tribal, very primal in a lot of ways. And what's crazy about life is that it might, I'm not saying it might, it doesn't. Life doesn't give you the lessons that you want. It gives you the lessons that you need. And so my whole thing about going out here was like rediscovering this thing about masculinity, right? That's what I was going to do. And what ended up happening was because there were so few men there, it was mostly women that were the sport. I ended up, they ended up having me like help them like build shit with their tents. Uh, My buddy Jared ended up teaching me how to like chop and wood with different techniques and like saw wood and carry wood down i was helping out in the kitchen i was like washing dishes i was cleaning up i was just taking care of stuff you know on some manly shit like just being useful being being helpful around the camp and helping people when they needed a lot and it was just so interesting that like i didn't it didn't hit me until like probably one of the last nights that i was like oh like i'm really stepping into this kind of like manly role then again you're not a man or a woman from your actions blah 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 it's not like you're chopping wood you're washing dishes that make you a man or a woman but i think sometimes those things that are more stereotypically masculine activities i i'm i'm not great at like building like constructing like chopping you know the physical stuff i'm really physical and it's like working out sporty shit like mountain man physical stuff, building physical stuff has always been more difficult for me. But it was cool that stepping into that role when they asked me to, I was able to do it. And I'd imagine that's what it's like probably like being a parent is you, there's no real, there's playbook. Obviously you can read all the stuff you want about it. But then when it's, when you're called upon to do it, you step up to the plate, hopefully. And so it was really cool to do that, to step up to the plate. And I didn't do a great job chopping wood, but I did a decent job. It's not like I was the best. I'm not the best chef or dishwasher, although I wash a mean dish. Ladies, see your boy. See your boys. I'm a dishwasher extraordinaire, baby. I'm nice in the kitchen. I was, I'm was nice with it. I'm not going to brag too much here, but uh, pretty uh, pretty good at doing um, the, dish in the, the dishwashing cooking shit. That, that was another piece, dude. Get nice with the food people at any retreat. That's what key is. Number one retreat tip. Get nice with the people who are serving your food because she was, I called her Hefa, which is like a boss or Danya Marta. Like she's like the boss Marta. And she was like this cool older little Colombian lady with a crazy life story. She ended up like, she would share her recipes with me and stuff. Like we'd be in the kitchen. I just come in. She had like this certain type of Spanish. It's hard for me to understand. It might be a generational thing maybe like a country accent, but the Colombian version. And so I couldn't understand a ton, but I would just come in and be like, Hey, how can I help? And she'd have me like chop stuff, peel stuff, grind stuff. And like this, like old grinder, like physical grinder thing. It was cool. And 
she would just share her recipes with me and she loved because I love to eat and I love to cook she she would just like we'd nerd out on the recipes and she would tell me like her secrets for making arepas and she would tell me her life story and like she had like a brutal life story but like losing kids and friends and just so much loss in her life but she had such a concrete faith in her religion that it was really cool to see her being able to work through her own pain with her faith which i thought was pretty powerful and that's a whole other conversation for another time about faith and my ideas on it but which I talk about a lot, but this pod, I want to just keep around this experience. So anyways, that starts going on. I start feeling cool. The, you know, a lot of the ladies would be like, Hey, can you help me build this thing on my tent? You know, or things would start getting wet. So I'd want like little roofs and stuff built out of plastic. So I'm like chopping wood and building stuff and nailing things in. And I think there's shorty. I think shorty that I like before I go is I'm going to come back. She's going to see me as like a weakling. She's like this fucking little white gringo dude, like made it one night, comes back like, fuck that she but she was actually really cool and so we kind of start hanging out like as much as you can in like a small campsite but like you know i'll kind of like just do some like i don't know kind of fun flirty shit or like just give her a hard time she didn't speak any english but we kind of start like like having a little thing like having a little campy thing and i'm like hmm but like at one point i'm just like asking her questions and like learn about her and her life and stuff and uh she's making some like slightly suggestive comments i was like okay i was like this might be this is cool like boys out here i could be out there suffering but i'm out here kind of like falling in love low-key and so ends up being a rad week we're kind of going through every single day we have a temescal experience where um the the start of the day we have breakfast and we kind of like have we sit in like this the mexican sweat lodge and like sweat it out and it's kind of like you sing songs and stuff in there. And so I start really connecting with their music. And the, one of them lets me borrow a drum and then later a shaker. And so I'm in there like in these sweat lodges where like singing, I'm singing songs. You're like sitting around camp. It feels like fucking summer camp, but an extreme version of summer camp. Um, and just like really learning about the culture and just feeling so blessed that they're so open to share their culture with me, the songs with me, their food with me. And me and Jared, like the two gringo guys. And it ends up being really rad. And so, uh, you know, I'm just helping out around the camp and then me and Shorty end up, um, having a chance to finally like kick it. Like I found some excuse to like go hang out with her in her tent. And so we go in and we're just like cuddling in her tent and chapping it up and like swapping stories. And it reminded me of like how tribes worked kind of back in the day, like small group of people, there's like six women to choose from. So you find the cutest one that works for you. And like, that's the one, um, but she was just super sweet. And like, as I got to know her better, I wanted to take a little tangent from the camp into like Kia Love Life. I learned she was a single mom. And I think that was another thing. Like, that's really my target market, bro. Like single moms are the sauce that, because she could teach me shit. Like the, one of the things was we had to keep a fire going. That was the whole thing. They're called visionaries. The people that would go out into the woods. And then apoyos or like supports for the people that were around the camp. And so pretty much because it was spiritual in this way, we would eat food every day and like try to send it to them, which I know this is going to sound hippy dippy, but it's the truth. So like we'd say a prayer, we'd like eat the food and like send it to them because they're out there fasting. If we're in the Temescal or something, it's really where it would be warm. We'd like feel the heat and we'd like send it to them. Every evening they had this, this ceremony, it's like a pipe ceremony where they'd smoke these big pipes 
big, really beautiful, elegant tobacco pipes, and they'd pass them around, and like you'd say prayers and send it to them. And so a lot of the energy at the camp was like us doing stuff to try to like create and foster this powerful energy that we could then share with the people that are out in the mountains and suffering, going through their journeys. But the point was, we had a fire that that is the camp. That was the point of this whole thing, is you had to we had a fire that we had to keep throughout the entire four days they were out there couldn't go out so we had to, they had two to three hour shifts that we all had to watch the fire at some point normally in pairs and so i was like okay i was like maybe this is an excuse to like try to find like some time to like kick it with shorty at like the campfire or something but what ended up happening was me and my buddy jared the guy who was going up with my buddy scotty there too we ended up having a couple shifts these like late night shifts like 12 to 3 shifts like 12 a.m to 3 a.m shifts and so we're just having like a great time up there just chopping up. He's a good dude. Me and Jared end up having a really red time this entire camp. Um, I end up having one shift with Shorty, but it's like six to nine a.m. Like not a great one, but we're like, I I expect it's like we're just gonna go up and like just like chat and like have a chance to get to know each other. But she's like so into this like support stuff she's like tending the fire she's like teaching me shit about the fire like how to fan it the right way how to do stuff with the sparks and she was just super capable she would like go get wood she was very proactive and that to me it just really reinforces i've been learning a lot about relationships and stuff i've been working doing a lot of content around them of how i really love that i want to be a man i want to feel like a man and that i want to take care of you i want to provide I want to be able to help you. I like it when a woman's independent. I don't like it when it's so independent that it's like, I don't really get to feel useful. You know, as a guy, I think sometimes it's where we get our validation. It's like, we like to feel like useful. We like, I like to open the door for you. I want to pay for dinner sometimes. Like, um, like I want to feel like I'm useful. Like I'm doing my man shit. And she just walked this rad balance where she was like very, very determined and really helpful and had a lot of gumption but then that's a motorbike uh but also very feminine and like would let me um i'm just gonna adjust the light on this a little bit uh bust that up whoa too much and so she would like she would show she would just show me stuff she'd teach me stuff and then also would let me kind of do my thing when i would want to kind of cater for her and it was cool like our language barrier was definitely there at times like she'd say jokes i'd try either jokes i want to make that she didn't get and vice versa but it was there's there like this nurturing soul to her and that's what i get a lot of times with single moms not all of course but just like she just she like wanted to take care of me and would want to do nice stuff for me and vice versa and when i think about some of the other girls that i've dated in colombia they're like super hot but it feels like i have a daughter and not a partner where they'll just be like tengo hambre and just like look at you like expectantly which i get like but like tengo free of like i'm hungry or like i'm cold and you're like okay like can i get you something you know rather than just like i get it if you're like babe i'm hungry and you're like oh hey you're like can i do something but it's like like the princess drama shit is like just not worth it for me as much anymore and sometimes it's hard because they're so hot and it's like Kia, like, how many times you got to make the same mistake? You know, I think that's like one of my biggest challenges as a man right now is like that man that I want to be. Towel fell. Um, is like being in alignment with like pursuing women that are just a better fit for me and not falling prey as much to the superficial shit. If it's just like one night thing or, or like a fling thing, that's cool. But like, not really 
trying to develop feelings and develop something real with somebody who who doesn't have the the substance to begin with and it was just like so telling like i didn't have to even try like we weren't allowed to shower out there because the people on the like the um, mountain can't shower so we don't shower like the temescal shower it's like a sauna counts as like the shower and so i'm like unshowered unshaven speaking shitty spanish washing dishes and we just hit it off like she thought i was super cool and super cute and it was like I was not wearing cologne. I was not wearing cool clothes. I was not wearing a watch. I was not doing anything that would be considered cool, really, other than trying to be helpful and be in Kia. And it was so just a great reminder to myself of like around worth and self-worth and women. And like, if you really double down on you, like the women that are good matches for you, fuck with that. And I say that all the time, and it's just like a lesson that keeps reoccurring for me, just because it's one that I keep losing track of. When I want, I want, I want to be, I want attractive women to like me, of course, and to be attracted to me. So, but there's like, there's this thin slice of people that are actually good for you, and to like keep that in mind that like I'm not me and that the super hot plastic girl are not supposed to be a match, at least for a long time. So. It was just super telling. Like it was like just me kind of like grungy, topless Karen Wood and helping. And she was like just down for that. And so it was cool. We had like a couple like cuddle sessions in the tents and um, went on some walks and stuff. And it would just end up being a really beautiful experience where I felt like when I was called upon to step into my more like masculine pieces and be helpful, I was able to do it and find a lot of the gems I think that I was looking for when I first set out to do the mountain it it was really difficult to go pick up everyone on the fourth day because i was like man this could have been me i remember even walking by my spot but there was another woman that i connected with named vanessa the she was her fourth year it was her final year the night before we went out because she, she'd grown up in white plains she was a paisa but she spoke perfect english and just felt i felt connected to her like kind of i'd be thinking of her kind of throughout the the week she was our the first person we picked up and when we finally, you know, you're like in this like little trail of procession, there's a girl singing and drumming and you like go out and they're like deep in the jungle, in the forest. We get to her spot and you give her a cup of water and she hasn't drank water for four days. And like her, she takes a sip and just like holds the glass next to her chest and it's like starts silently crying. And I get like super emotional. Like I knew it was difficult, but I guess I didn't realize like how difficult until I actually, we picked her up and I saw how fucking tough this thing was for her and my job walking around the procession was to like because they're, they've been fasting so they're weak as fuck is to like take their stuff for them is to like pick up their stuff and carry it for them and so they're like okay can you go pick up her stuff we're gonna go to the next person and i walk down to her and i'm just like i just hug i give her the biggest hug and i just start bawling like we just start crying i'm just like holding her in my arms this is a woman i've had maybe one conversation in a meal with and i was just like we just held, we must have held each other for like five minutes and just like cried um and I, I told her i was like i don't even know you but i'm so fucking proud of you and um she just thanked me and just like held me and it was really really powerful and i did not see that coming there was another support woman who was part of our support group it was her and her child were there and her husband had gone out this cool dude, I think his name was Juan Pablo. 
And so we were walking around. And when they got reunited, it was like, I bawled my... I was like, it was crazy. It was part of the music, the woman drumming, like walking around. We were like drumming. She would be singing these like medicine songs. And seeing people, like just seeing people to get water again after four days or to see people again after four days after living in the woods like under a piece of plastic was just man it was really powerful and then we did that whole thing walked around mind you we had to stay up the entire night to like drum because the the abuela wants to like send like the like music out to the people so we're like all sleep deprived like walking around in the jungle and that last day was rough because of that but it was also such a powerful experience to like see what these people had been through and older people too like 50s 40s 50s 60s and to be like wow but really hard for me to do the mental gymnastics to work through the fact that i couldn't do it and that like there's like 60 year old little ladies that could do this and i couldn't and to like be like well you know like just having conversations with myself about that stuff that was really interesting but ended up then having um one last kind of cuddle session we went back everybody kind of napped they ate fruit they had like this whole like we had the last two doors of the temescal when everybody's there one girl passed out because it was so intense um but then everybody kind of goes back to their tents before dinner and then everybody leaves the next morning some people left that night me and shorty were so tired from staying up all night and drumming and shit that like we just went back to my tent and just like napped um just like cuddled and napped and then it was dinner she went to dinner i skipped dinner because i was so tired and just like slept for like 10 hours straight um and then it was the last day and that was yesterday and we packed up i packed up everything and just worked again as a support person so did a bunch of trips from like down in the swampy marsh up to like the road to where the transport was just helping people undo their tents again getting on my kind of utility shit and it was a long day, but finally crashed at my buddy Scotty's last night, and now I'm at my hotel, and about to head to the airport uh, early tomorrow morning. And so, shooting this pod for you guys, but just a really crazy experience to have, really powerful, a lot of lessons learned around, you know, life, love, happiness, everything in between. I'm on the path. I feel good about the path. I'm excited to maybe do something like this again, try something like this again in the future, but... Um, Maybe, maybe in a warmer place, maybe in a place where I, I can also drink water. I'm down for the fasting, but no water's fucking tough. And also about life and love too. Like this was, it was cool thinking about this shorty. And like a part of me even thought about like, I was like, maybe I changed my plans and just like see where this goes. Like she was just super cool and, um, really rad to know that there are good partners out there for me. I just got to find them. And when I am myself, it doesn't even it doesn't have to be hard and i think that's the thing with the with the fucking the whole night too and i was out there shivering and like my feet felt like they were falling off and i was like show to the bone it's like it doesn't have to be this hard like it's good if things are difficult it's good to challenge yourself it's good to push yourself you don't maybe have to suffer quite that much right same with finding love um i think love just that whole little mini love story was just like a perfect kind of metaphor for the whole experience of um just really being yourself self-acceptance is kind of my game it's the path that's something i've been working on and um we're really grateful that i was able to have that still working through it a little bit you know myself and my self-identity piece and what that means and um, but feeling good about surrendering to it and excited to maybe try something like this again in the future but 
other than that, off to Mexico for a couple weeks, and then probably off to India. So thank you for tuning in. As always, this was a long, rambly one. But, uh, yeah, absolutely crazy experience. If you want to talk more about it, feel free to shoot me a message. Um, I'm really glad to be able to, after this, I'm going to go work out and shave, take a shower, go get some food. I'm ready to kind of come back to normal life again. But um, learned a lot about myself and camping and um, excited for the, uh, the next adventure. Thanks, all. Appreciate you. More than you know. Peace. So I just finished my vision quest or what little I did of it. Um, a little bit hard to accept, but it uh, it broke me after one night. One long, rainy, cold, soaked night. I, uh, I didn't expect the um, it to be so cold, and your boy, it was just bad news bears. So I'm gonna show you a little bit of the scenery so you can get it bobbed. So I'm pretty bummed. I was hoping I'd make it longer, but I guess um, that's what happens if you don't have a really clear why. I think that I was hoping to get out of it something along the lines of a ritual, of a of like a boy becoming a man, and I I think it could do that. I think because right now we don't have those rituals as much anymore, and I've been on this quest I think of kind of finding my masculinity and um, trying to figure out what that means to me and what that looks like for me but this was definitely oh, this was just this this was too much for your boy I like the idea of pushing yourself I like the idea of challenges but I think this um, I bit off a little more than I could chew and I think I needed just a clearer why because that alone in the middle of the night when I was out there and it was raining and I was freezing and everything was soaked. Didn't get me, didn't, I wasn't able to come back and be like, yeah, I'm becoming a man. I was like, nah, fuck this. And so I think part of it for me is if I ever do this again, is really being clear on what I want out of it. And trying it maybe in a place that's not so cold. I know Colombia, when you think of Colombia, it sounds like it's like warm and tropical and I think it can be, obviously, depending on where you are. But obviously, your boy's got, you know, two jackets on out here for a reason. And it was just because that, that shit was kicking my ass straight up. And so, there are a lot of things that I can do. Uh, and cold and wet is not one of them, apparently. So, your boy uh, quit. Straight up. It's hard to accept. Um, no one wants to be labeled a quitter. Nobody wants to think of themselves as a quitter. But, um... This reminds me of when I quit wrestling in high school. And it was like the happiest day was when my dad was like, I was like, Dad, I'm going to quit wrestling. And I thought he was going to like give me a hard time about it. And he was like, okay. I was like, really? He's like, yeah. I was like, okay. Well, I guess I'll find something else. And so for me, I toyed around with the idea a lot last night when it was raining and I was like freezing my ass off in the tent, just like soaking. And I was like, I was like is this, am I quitting because it's hard? Am I quitting because I was trying to figure out what, what, why I was here. And that was the most difficult part. It was like, 
Am I doing this for my dad? Am I trying to prove to him that I'm a man? Am I trying to prove it to myself? And I was like, I'm so, I'm so, right now I do feel like I need a little bit of a direction because I'm transitioning, but I also feel really happy. I'm really excited. I've started learning how to write and there are these pieces about this life that I'm really excited for. But I think at the same time, I'm, I'm like, am I doing this because I'm trying to push my limits or am I like self-flagellating? Like, do I, can I get to the same place that I want to go, even if I'm this miserable? But um, that's something I'll save for a later date. So needless to say, yeah, I'm pretty bummed. I was really hoping I'd be able to make it farther than that. And I could if I really wanted to, but I didn't really want to. Like... I was like, what, why am I, that's what I keep going back to, why am I here? What am I trying to prove and to who? And so, um, I just kept thinking about coming back to camp and helping people here, washing dishes, cutting wood, doing what I can here, and that just sounded way more in line with what I'm looking for right now. And so, maybe we try this again in the future, I don't really know, I'm still kind of wrestling with it and, um working through a lot of those emotions but it feels good to not be out there in the fucking cold anymore and just understanding I guess your limits you know you don't know them until you brush up against them and then they become obvious really quick and uh yeah so give it a try another failure for the but here's the thing listen here's the thing about failure though you learn a lot and I'm sure that the people that that actually do it will have will get amazing gems from it and I'm, I'm not saying that that that's not true I'm, i bet they'll get even more because they did the whole thing but i still think there are some lessons to be learned in this l so i'm going to try to take those in stride and be humble try to accept myself not to be too hard on myself and see where it goes i'll check in on in a little bit i can't peace